Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin, Filibuster Freestyle, episode 299, we think. 299 episodes, which means 300 is around the corner. We put up a lot of content this week for filibusterfreestyle.com. And, uh, you know, all the different podcast networks we happen to be on. Spotify, Deezer, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Music Play, to name a few. Um, So, got a little bonus episode for the week. I had our buddy Jeremy Johnson from the West Coast out there in L.A., he hit me up. He said he's got a good non-sports-related Jeremy from the car edition segment, whatever you want to call it, plan. So we're going to do that. Jeremy's going to call me on his commute home on a Friday night, as we've done before. It'll be episode 299. Um, really quickly, I want to just do a, an offshoot of our places listening. I'm not going to name the top places listening, except for Paris, France, which continues to dominate the filibuster freestyle listening airways. But... Random places listening. Just a smattering of what I'm looking at right now. These are not in any particular order. In fact, all of these places are, are outside of the top 20 of places listening. But a place called Bardstown, Kentucky. A place called Wolfen, Germany. Sri Lanka's capital, Colombo. Miami, Florida, which is where we invented the pod. And we're going back there in a few weeks. Barcelona, Spain. And Glasgow of the United Kingdom. I think that's actually in Scotland, or it could be some little-known town in, in, in England, but I believe it's the Scottish city of Glasgow. Anyway, those are what we call random places listening. Filibusterfreestyle.com, at filibusterfreestyle on social media, Instagram, and of course Twitter. And coming up next, Man Cook Good CEO driving home from work in the car, our buddy after the theme song, Jeremy Johnson. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Okay, ladies and gents, as promised, Jeremy from the car calling on his Friday afternoon West Coast commute. Hey, Jeremy, Happy New Year, bud. Happy New Year to you. So you haven't given me a lot on this one. You just and I told the folks on the pre-show, uh, you know, pre-theme song ramble that uh, this is Jeremy from the car, but it's not about sports. So we know that you're a politics uh, junkie as well. You've given some epic, politically based uh, and societal soliloquies and such. So like, I'm guessing we're going down that road, but you know, I don't know for sure. So. Why don't you set it up, and then uh, I'll, I'll, I will be your instrument in this effort. So, um, as we all know by now, we recently um, carried out a, a drone missile strike on the number two uh, most powerful man in Iran, the, the general and his convoy. And the old way of thinking is that this is just a classic wag the dog where you're trying to... Um, draw attention away from your impeachment proceedings, you're um, trying to increase your poll numbers, and you're trying to placate the Republican senators who are about to stick their neck out for you um, during the impeachment farce, I mean trial. And, and when I look at it, I look at it a little differently than that now, because, I mean, what would you think about that? Is that where your mindset was when you first heard this? I mean, there's... Th- 
audio or video or both of Trump saying back when Obama was president that when his numbers slip in the polls and blah, 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 that he'll like start a war or do a strike or, you know, make something military happen. And then like every tweet or thing that happens now, there's a tweet from five to six to seven years ago of him saying the exact same thing that Obama would do that, by the way, Obama probably didn't do. And then the current president is doing. So basically he's going, he's saying he's doing the exact same thing he said somebody else should do. And, you know, that's not surprising anymore to any of us because of the fact that nothing he does or says is surprising anymore to any of us. Is that fair? He's the, project, he's the projector in chief. Okay. But in the past, uh, for instance, when Bill Clinton was impeached, he launched a, um, he launched a, a military exercise nearly, um, nearly instantly. Um, when presidents are up for re-election uh, in the past 30, 40 years, they have often started some sort of military action. Uh, our last two Bush presidents did this, uh, you know, in Iraq, and and um, I believe uh, Clinton was in uh, the Serbian conflict. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a well-worn path for American um, presidents uh, in, in terms of uh, bolstering poll numbers and rallying their base. It's, it's red meat for the base, and it gives the, the press something to talk about other than the fact that they are lagging in their, their opinion polls and lame duck, or potentially. So, this is kind of the narrative out there. Now, here's the question I would have to ask you. Um, this Iranian general, the um, proclaimed number two uh, most powerful man in, in Iran, um, who would benefit the most generally from the demise of the number two most powerful person in a in a group or a government? Um, either the number one person or the number three person. Yeah. And now, so Iran recently had joint naval exercises with their buddies, the Russians and the Chinese. And Russia, as we know, uh, we can all pretty much accept, unless you're, you're uh, just a dyed-in-the-wool Trump cult, cult figure, that there has been some sort of interaction, however level of fishiness you want to call it, the, the Russian government's standing has risen dramatically in the United States international policy as a result of their connection to our current president. What just happened uh, during the, the return volley from Iran to the United States, where, by the way, nobody was injured. The, the missiles that were shot off and paraded around to the Iranian people hit American bases uh, far from any living quarters or working quarters and with plenty of time for American servicemen to shelter in bunkers underneath, by the way. So their return volley of, of fire was uh, just basically nothing. Okay, It was like some holes in the ground and a hangar was hit with nothing in it. Okay. Also... A Ukrainian plane was shot down. A Ukrainian passenger jet. Yes. Someone who the uh, Russians have a um, very complicated present and history with. Yes, this is not the first time a Ukrainian... Yeah, 100%. So, we're all thinking that this whole thing is to do with the American domestic political issue. But let's just journey down the path of, you know, maybe a little bit. 
as we continue to ally ourselves or posture ourselves farther and farther away from NATO and in theory potentially become uh, more friendly in some ways with the Russians, therefore the Chinese and the Iranians, maybe this was like a joint effort where everybody was kind of working together here. The Iranians wanted the number two general gone. There's somebody on the Ukrainian jet or a group of someone's on the jet that the Russians want gone. And our useful idiot president needs a little bit of help with some poll numbers. Are we in a, are we, because they've already backed down from the, the brink of World War III. It was a quick lead, it was a quick lead up to it. And then it was a quick, like you said, back down. On Twitter, no less, which just makes me shake my head. So here, here we have a situation where potentially the, the military actions of the United States have been dictated by um, two hostile foreign powers. Being, a very real result of a compromised presidency. Potentially compromised presidency. Imagine, imagine us here in the, the uh, Red Scare childhood that we had and the, the, the flag-waving and the posturing and, and the, the, the freedom fries and the build-up to war in Iraq. And, and now here we are in a situation where we may have just actually done the Iranian uh, Ayatollah a favor. Well. And they, in, in, in turn, shot down a passenger jet, and all the evidence has been wiped clean. There's no black box. All the material has been... Taken by, quote, scavengers. Yeah, by the uh, way, sca- I mean, like, yeah, it's like the best scavengers in the world, right? Like, I mean, it's incredible. They're like, oh, that's just an arm, but look, there's some aluminum underneath it. So, I mean, there's no, the whole site has been picked clean. Now yeah. there's American press uh, reporting that, yeah, it was probably a missile, but it was probably an accident. Everything's just a little too neat and tidy for my taste. Like, if you look at the themes to movies or TV shows or books or any kind of entertainment, what you've just put out there has been thrown out there millions and millions of times in both fiction and nonfiction. So to think that what is clearly a singular, and I don't necessarily mean that in a positive way, presidency, uh, at least in the 20th and 21st centuries, is capable of wanting to either knowingly or unknowingly collude into a new world order, as you say. Yeah, I can believe that. A half-big Tom Clancy novel-like pitch? Yeah, like Rainbow Six Part 2, Rainbow 12, I don't know. Was Rainbow Six a book by Tom Clancy? I don't know. Actually, uh, yeah, it was, actually, the, the now-famous uh, video game series. Correct. Um, because Trump always want, Trump has always seemed to be reluctant to get into a war. And he, when he hired uh, John Bolton, I, I was like, well, I guess he's accepted that the only way out is to attack um, Iran or at least, you know, do some saber rattling because Bolton's one of the biggest um, hawks there is out there in terms of uh, war in the Middle East. And then right. he, he, he basically dismissed him because he's... They don't agree, and he's a, he's a strong, intelligent, um, even though I disagree with him um, on pretty much every level, he's a strong, confident person, and Trump would prefer to surround himself with sycophants and, and, um, and you know, relatives, but 
you know, I mean, it's just a little too tidy. He gets to flex his muscles. Uh, a very powerful person in a foreign government is dead, and they did nothing but shoot uh, six missiles at nearly vacant bases. Uh, we're not going out of Iraq. Iraq has passed their resolution. We want them to have democracy, but not if it means we have to leave, you know, as a military. And this jet is, like, shot down, and there's 170-something people dead. And like, who's on that jet, man? Like, where's the real story here? Where was the jet? I mean, like, listen, I, I will say right now, I know nothing more about the jet than you've just told me. And I think I, the real story is the jet. Like, and where was it flying to? Where was it flying from? It was leaving Tehran Airport and flying to, you know, probably Kiev or, or uh, wherever the, the airport in, in the Ukraine. But it was Ukrainian Airlines jet. Okay, so the jet was from the Ukraine. And was it over Ukrainian airspace when it was shot down? No, it was, it was flying out of Tehran Airport. Okay. So, like... The Iranians accidentally hit a jet. I mean, what a shot. Or they, in a, you know, as a form of a hostile act, shot down a passenger jet, which is more believable. Like, well, why would they shoot down a Ukrainian jet, a passenger jet, to get back at the United States for... It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, if it was American Airlines, okay. Sure. So... Like, where's the missing link in this story? Because this is a story that we're not going to get answers on. And and this is also something we need to accept going forward, no matter which party has the presidency. As we continue to march into the new world, we don't really get the answer anymore. We get, we get a quick shakedown, and then we move on to the next story. And... We never, you know, the, the long-form journalism takes time and people's interest has moved on and then the source is dismissed or touted and then it just becomes part of a disputed public record. Right. There's if the New York Times does the story, there's a big portion of the electorate that says, well, they have no credibility, the New York Times, if the, you know, if the, the, if the Fox News does the story... And there's a big portion of people that believe it has no credibility or is at the very least looking for their spin on it because they have a definitive spin on everything they write. Right. And the answer lies somewhere in the middle or this is a complete red herring. Well, you we're know, going to find out about the jet. They're going to focus on the families who's, who's, who's who have lost their family members. But like, Who's this connected to? Is this some, some KGB operation? Is this, is this like an Epstein, part of the Epstein saga? It's the story. We're focusing on the wrong thing. Okay, it's this, it's, it could be the story, and it might be the story, and it probably is the story because it's super random. But also, let me ask you this question. I'll contribute something to this podcast. Donald Trump hates Obama's nuclear deal against Iran, even though it was lauded as being incredible, right? right. Now Iran gets to get out of that deal. Either way, he gets to flex his muscles, to your point. They get to enrich from uranium for a while. They get a new deal, which we know won't be better than the Obama deal. But Trump gets to hopefully bring back a new, some type of a deal. 
and feel good about it, even though the deal he negated was a better deal. We had to do none of this other stuff, which is exactly or what he's done for everything. status as a bad guy to them, which is very useful. Right. And they maintain their status as a bad guy to us, which is very useful. Right. But it's and only more useful if, they are, if they're able to enrich uranium, which he just allowed them to do. they got their money back. Right. They got their money back right. as part of the first deal. So, you know, maybe that wasn't their whole plan all along, but opportunists, you see an opportunity. And let's, say, let's just go further down this, like, this script pitch that we're, we're getting into. Yeah, by the way, this, say, is for a, this is for a fictional docudrama, everybody, because I'm starting a new job just, soon and I don't feel like getting fired before it starts. So this is a fictional adaptation of real events from here on this out. This is just a, an intellectual discussion of a... Of Taking a, a new look at, at a geopolitical at thing, it appears yeah. to be an old situation and yes. a worn out scenario, but is actually, yeah, we're in a new paradigm here. Yeah, Let, let's just say that the the general was not in favor of the shift in policy. Yep. Okay. Well, shoot, wouldn't that be a and, and, and this whole like the, the quote unquote attack on our um, on our embassy in Iraq. Yep. Um, and that sure cleaned itself up quickly, didn't it? It did. We don't hear about that anymore. It's like it's just just manufactured just a quick little conflict here. Bada bing, bada boom. We get some regional hostility. We've got to push back. We've got a flashpoint in the news. We can blame on this guy. Boom, he's gone. They fire a couple of missiles back at us. Oops, one accidentally hit this jet. You're welcome. And now we can move on to this new trajectory where they're the bad guys, yet we have a clear line of communication now with them through the Russians. Well, it, yeah. I mean, honestly, this, like, let's, again, I'm, I'm here for the, uh, the, the writer's workshop here. Like, this is a great 21st century James Bond type deal. Russia is in this scenario hurtling back towards one, adding one of the biggest pieces of their former Soviet Union, the Ukraine, which is, you know, they've already annexed Crimea. It's already been allowed to happen for the last 12 years. But two, yeah, you get to re-escalate like the 1980s wrestling feud type stuff between Iran and Russia and America, but just like in the WWF at the time, everybody gets what they want because it's a shoot. It's a work. It's not 100% real. Like, there are real lives at stake. There are real people paying the prices, but the powers that be are actually in the back dressing room, like you said, talking to each other and making plans for whatever the next grab is of power, money, fame, putting out fires, whatever. Hey, think about it. <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy guy, and, but there's just something about this story that's stuck in my craw. What I tend to do with the news, people are like, oh, you, you know, you must be an MSNBC guy, or you must be, uh, you know, uh, even farther left than that. And the answer is, I'm, I'm none of those things. What I do is, I spend more time on Fox News than anything because I, I like to see what the narratives, what each, you know, angle of the political spectrum how they're saying the narrative right you know i I was a wannabe newsman in a past life 
I, I've never really let go of that that kind of you know journalism curiosity and editorial curiosity more than that. And so I, I you know I read about the events um, as they as they happen, and I see how different um, political mainstream media forces are representing them. I, I keep tabs on the 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 ways that the fringe is being influenced, and then I move on to the next story because otherwise I'm just going to get really angry. And this one, it just kind of rolled around in my mouth, and I did my normal routine with the, with the stories and following the news and trying to maintain some level of happiness in my life. Yeah. And it just kind of stuck with me. I'm just like, everybody's kind of missing the point. It, it reminded me of this is complete. It's a little bit of a stretch, but can, you know, hold hold on with me for a second. When the the Boston Marathon bombing uh, occurred, and the um, the manhunt uh, had had just begun, uh, they hadn't shut down the city yet. Now, I followed this story live on West Coast time, and it was during the age of the internet where you could um, listen to police scanners live. So, like, I was really dialed in on this story. That's a time for another pod. Yeah, but I remember I was like, I was just about to like, you know, go to bed. Suddenly I hear that an MIT police officer had been shot in his car. And I was like, huh, that's not normal. Like, why would an MIT campus police officer be shot and killed? I mean, you know where MIT is. It's, it's one of the, you know, safest, least gun violence, you know, non-Wild Wild West part of New England. Never mind just Boston and Cambridge. Correct. And it just kind of, I was like, huh, and it just kind of sat on my tongue weird. I'm like, there's something else that's got to be going on here. And within a very short amount of time, the chase was on because the, they had the license plate, they had the car, they had, you know, they, the guys were at the gas station, and then the entire, you know, Boston police institution mobilized, and next thing you know, they're shooting guns and throwing bombs at each other in Watertown, and, and they just, it just escalated uh, dramatically from there. And, but there's something about that where, like, instead of like putting the closing the computer and going to bed, I was like, I'm gonna step for a little while longer and see what's going on here. Sure. And I got that same feeling in my stomach when I when I was reading about the, the passenger jet, and it's just there's something about it that's just not right. That more is gonna come out on it, and I just felt like it would make for an interesting conversation for us here on the pod. Okay, so what we're doing here is we're, we're documenting that on January 10th, 2020, J.J. feels that the story of this whole World War III starting on January 3rd, meme, memes and tweets and trending and hashtags, that really the story is the one that's being most quickly scurried under, which is the, the commercial airliner that was leaving Tehran, the Iranian capital, en route to the Ukraine, which was shot down. And the black box and everything worthwhile recovering has disappeared due to scavengers. And honestly, it's so innocuous that you're right. It's probably the thread of the sweater that somebody could and should pull, whether writing a screenplay or if they were an actual investigative journalist. Right. If there was any access to it, too. Like, if you were to shoot this jet down over um, an EU nation or over uh, another country that wasn't such a closed box, you may actually be able to get some information out of it. Right. But because it occurred over Iran's airspace, she gone, baby. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Nobody's going to be sneaking in there from NPR and asking the right questions and getting the right answers. Like, this thing is over. Maybe it was a, 
Middle Eastern um, allies political enemy or it, but it's it's just yeah this isn't about Trump killing a man um, and it's not about the Iranian government firing back a salvo of missiles which are, are pretty well uh, you know radar guided and they're a little more precise than they used to have with the scuds that they got from Cold War Russia like these things actually have their own onboard guidance right and to hit like a, a couple empty buildings that like don't even normally house soldiers, it's not as though they maybe it's just a warning shot, but like it just and then they're like both de-escalating just like that. And now it seems to be over. Now we're back on to impeachment proceedings. Yeah, man, it's a head scratcher, and I'll tell you what, it's it's worth thinking about. I mean, like literally, like I, I mean, I'm kind of like you hit me with all this kind of on the yeah. fly. And I would love to be like, dude, you're crazy. But I'll say that one, I'm not informed enough to tell you you're crazy. And two, like everything else for the last 18 months, two years, three years, three years, actually. Wow. Everything else for the last three years since the inauguration back in 2017, nothing surprises me. And then we go to the next level and the next level and the next level of not surprising me. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, dude, you're crazy. But obviously... You've already admitted none of us will ever have proof that you were right. But if by some chance you were right, we documented it here. <laughs> the truth the truth does slowly come out sometimes. It just depends on whether you believe who's saying it. And again, I'm not saying I'm not a conspiracy guy. We've talked about this stuff before. The people that, that talk about the conspiracies, I generally roll my eyes and, and, and walk away because right. I, I don't. Well, all you're saying is that it's not sitting right with you, which is fair. It's not. It's not a conspiracy as much as it just appears to be, perhaps, a sign of the new way of doing things, where we we aren't necessarily enemies with the people that we thought we were enemies with. We're not necessarily friends with the people that we thought we were friends with. The, the British appear to be kind of on their own in terms of the intelligence services. The, the human and, and institutional intelligence of these agencies is being stripped by, you know, decimating the State Department and, and, and under, you know, utilizing the intelligence agencies. And it just kind of contributes to more of like a hands over the ears and, and mouth. And you, know, you just kind of see what it is. We don't get to find out. We don't get to find out. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. JJ, any favorite team, and I don't mean in terms of rooting interests, but for advancing to the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, I think that um, it's going to be Baltimore. I think it's going to be Baltimore, and I think it's going to be the 49ers. Okay. Although I'm not that sure about the nfc it could easily be the packers or the seahawks but um i just i don't know i just don't think that the chiefs have what it takes to topple the ravens right now yeah i think it's true i think it's true i just think the ravens the ravens have the ability to write their own ticket and i think it's a three-horse race three-horse race in the uh, nfc but you know what if kirk you like that cousins as i said to somebody earlier today there's no more monday night games in the playoffs so He's got a shot. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like the Vikings. I, I do, you know, but I just don't think that. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got to go on the road, don't they? The whole way. Yeah, they have to do three road games and then the Super Bowl against probably the Ravens. I, I agree. I mean, the only but, thing is, 
besides a quarterback, they might have the best personnel offensively, like a combined. They have a great opportunity, too, because they've been showing a running game and pass, like, distant second offense the entire season, and they could catch someone by surprise and go out there and be thrown to Thielen and Diggs left and right and do what they did a lot more of last year. And they might be able to flip that switch, catch somebody off guard, get 17, 21 points out of nothing. And you go back to Cook, who's a, who's a battering ram. Yep. And if you're up, you know, if you're up 17, nothing, you got a good running back. You, yeah. The game, you know, you shorten the game, and then you got a shot to get out of there with a W. A lot of great running backs in the playoffs this year. And a, a nice reminder that the, the trends in the NFL are as short-lived as you could ever imagine. We were we were high flying Mahomes, Goff, the new you know world order, and then suddenly we're back to Smash Mouth defense, defense and running game wins games in the playoffs, just like that. Yep, it was like a half season trend here, half season trend here. I mean, yeah, every team that's going to build like their own version of Lamar Jackson for next year, don't you don't have Lamar Jackson. And the trend will be over by October 31st of 2020. Not that yeah. Lamar will be successful because Lamar is singularly good if he's that healthy and that good. But there's no other guys like him. So don't worry about it, everybody. Don't draft the running quarterback out of Georgia Southern because you're going to make him into Lamar Jackson, okay? I don't want to poison Lamar Jackson, but does everyone remember Cam Newton? I he totally agree. No ill, no ill will meant at all. But you're he dragged right. his team within, you know, a few quarters of winning the Super Bowl. And that was four, and that was four years ago. And now he's you know, done. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's probably done. No one wants, I mean, if he's willing to take a backup job or like a, That's a job, yeah. then he could get it. But he's not, he's not an accurate passer. He's not athletic enough to... Um, to dominate running. He doesn't seem interested in taking hits anymore. And he's he's done, man. He's terrible. Right. And so the bottom line is no ill will. You know, get, uh, Lamar's electric. Absolutely. Boogie woogie, to quote the song. But, I mean, NFL stands for not for long in, in, in every way, shape, or form. You know? I think if you want to win quickly in the NFL with a, with a bunch of uh, new offensive uh, talent, then you got to get a guy that can extend the play, and you got to get a guy who's got a pretty big arm and can, you know, you roll the dice and maybe you got a good enough defense. But if you want to sustain success for more than a few years, you got to look for the Tom Brady, Jimmy G, Aaron Rodgers, like Russell and Mahomes are the, they are the mutant combination of the two styles. Yes. And that's your ultimate goal, I think, is a quarterback that's mobile but doesn't run and never gets hit. But you, if you want to succeed for more than three or four seasons in a row, you got to have a guy that can pass first. Yeah. So we'll see and how all this stuff about Lamar just makes me think. Like, look, I mean, they may have a great year this year. He's going to win the MVP. But in two years from now, would it surprise you if Lamar Jackson was a guy that you almost forgot about? Well, look at—I mean, look at his backup quarterback, RG three. Thank you. Greatest thing since sliced bread. Now he's Lamar Jackson's Although, backup quarterback. To be fair, RG three. Every time I saw a highlight reel of him, he was flying through the air after some massive collision. 
And I haven't seen Lamar. Yeah, Lamar is just much better at avoiding and or taking hits in a way that is not as reckless. He's got instincts. Yeah, RG3 was a track guy in terms of speed. That would just run until he hit the wall. And then, you know, your body can only take so much of that. Lamar definitely is more like a stuntman where he prepares for the hit. Or he just doesn't get hit. Or, you know, he... he, Right out of bounds. Yeah, he's like a professional wrestler. Like, yes, I'm going to throw you through a table, but there's two ways to do it. The way that you won't get hurt and the way that you'll probably get hurt. And Lamar seems to know how to, like, you know, land like a a stuntman, you know? So anyway, we'll see how long he can do it for. But my my money is on him to win the Super Bowl as well as the MVP in a big way. And uh, that's that. Yeah. Speaking of uh, plastic tables, love the Dothraki uh, Buffalo Bills um, reference in your last podcast. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. It just felt so on point. It felt right. Laughing to myself. It felt right, man. I mean, they're just sitting there and she lights their swords on fire with magic, and you're like, oh, yeah, here we go. They're up up 17 and nothing. They're up 13 and nothing. 16 and nothing. Oh, it's 19 and 19? Oh, the Dothraki are getting snuffed out one by one? Nope. Nope, not this year, but uh, thanks for buying all the plastic tables. No doubt. All right, dude. Well, I'll let you go. Uh, I'm stopping the pod right here. Thanks for being on. Thank you. All right, everybody. So that was Jeremy coming at me hot with some potential new ways of thinking about some geopolitical turmoil, goings-on, etc. Yeah, it's been a long day of podcasting. I recorded two pods today, one last night, so... Um, kind of just let JJ go with it there. Um, you know, I'm going to edit it up, see what happens. We'll see if this part here, even at the end, gets on board or not in terms of online. But, uh, you know, like to have our pundits be able to come on, get creative, do their thing, and maybe make you think a little bit, make you scratch your head a little bit, make you say, is this what it seems? Is this what I think? And if not, what is this? So, you know, that was cool to have JJ come on and do that. Anyway, as always, thanks for listening to the Freestyle Episode 299, which means the next one is the big 300. Have a great night.